Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, AKA Longform Luke, and this is the Loans On Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on a real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And today we have a friend of mine, Tyler Carlston. He's a loan officer over at U Mortgage, and I've known him for a few years now and former marketer turned loan officer, and he's been crushing it in this market. So I'm excited to have him on the show. Tyler, welcome to the show, man. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Luke. Happy to be on and share some details for people of how they can... Uh... Flip things around. Cool, man. Flip things. Flip the status quo. You know, and hey, it is what it is. We'll just do some flips on the show. It's all good. So, yeah, man, I guess give us a little bit of background so people know who you are. Obviously, I know who you are, but people listening to this don't. So give us some context, like what kind of got you into the industry? What's your background look like? And uh, kind of go from there. Absolutely. Yeah. So I started back out in the internet marketing space. Uh, shoot, 2017, I think is when I jumped into it. So when Facebook agencies were the big thing, that was what got my start into it. Met Luke, I mean, shoot, when 2019-ish, 2018, yeah, probably around, something man. something like that. Met you then, but yeah, I had a mortgage marketing agency called Mortgage Accelerated, mainly focused on like selling VA leads to uh, mortgage brokers. That was the niche that I was in. And yeah, slowly just realized like, oh, this is a really cool business. The people you get to serve are amazing. And I really just woke up to a passion that I didn't know I had, which was serving the military community. And so I made the jump over to become a loan officer, got my license about two years ago. Now, the first year of it was a lot of limbo. I had no like mentorship or anything like that. And so I sold the marketing agency. So I didn't like dive completely into it full time with no other source of income focused on commercial loans for like six months and was doing that for a while. And then I uh, moved down to San Antonio, Texas in October of 2021, Military Seed USA. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Let me give this a shot. And so I really just doubled down. It's like, you know, I'm going to just go all in. I got to make this work. If this is going to be, this is the place to do it. And so I just dove into it and have been uh, cranking ever since. So last year was my first full year. It's been about 15, 16 months in a brand new city with no connections. And I mean, just last month, I just finished up with a record month of 12 purchases for like 4.2 or $4.3 million. Wow. Um, so, I mean, it's just hard work and a very clear mission and being with the best company possible. Love it, man. Love it. So that's, uh, that's a pretty crazy journey, man, to go from internet marketing to not kind of knowing what you were doing to closing 4 million within, you know, especially in a market like we're in right now, where the majority of people are kind of going the opposite direction, right? People that were maybe closing three, four, five million are closing one, 2 million, right? Would you say it's kind of like the main driver, the main thing that you do to get that business? I mean, is this referral business? Is this like, where's this coming from? Yeah. So funny enough, the lead guy, I am not running any leads myself. I have tried it. I do not like it. It does not fit my personality. I am all relationship driven. I love whining and dining agents. All of my business is all referrals. Again, 
being new, I didn't have a huge book of business. So, I mean, now it's finally starting to come to where I'm getting referrals from past clients, clients moving, mm-hmm. wanting to buy again. So that's starting to slowly creep in. But I mean, it's like almost all of my business is all agent referrals, no like shady MSAs in place. Like I don't pay to play. This is all just straight hustling, no shortcuts sure. here. That's the big thing, dude. Like people don't want to work hard. I mean, people will say they work hard, but then I see like, you don't really work hard. And so that's ultimately it. Because yes, there's more skilled people than me out there. Because somebody maybe has been doing this 20 years. I don't claim to know the most, but I guarantee no one's going to outwork me. And so that's the thing with me is I just put my head down and grind every single day, no matter how good of a month I had. Next month is not guaranteed. So I need to keep going, keep pushing. I have big goals. I'm trying to get it to where I'm doing eight to 10 million a month. And I should be there within the next 12 months. I'm starting to build out a team underneath me and just hired a production partner in January. And it's going to keep growing from there. And yeah, I mean, that's a big thing, man. Just people need to actually work hard. If you work hard and put in the effort, results will follow. It doesn't matter how skilled you are. It doesn't matter what the market is. There's always money to be made. People are always buying houses. You just have to be there. I'm going to disagree to a certain extent. It's working hard because yes, of course you need to work hard, but it's working hard at the right things. Because I think there's people that work hard, whereas then like they put in the hours, that sort of stuff. But a lot of times they're working on the wrong things, right? They're working on, you know, chasing conditions or working on a file or pushing paperwork or whatever, right? They're not doing any prospecting. They're like, basically like they spend the majority of their days working on things that actually aren't moving their business forward. And so I would presume that you spend the majority of your day doing sales activity and it's proven to work. And obviously you still have to deal with your files and applications and, you know, that kind of stuff. But to a certain extent, I think the biggest problem I see in the market today is it's been so easy to get business for so long that people like forgot how to, I mean, you said it work and they forgot how to do the work that's required to get the business. Yep. Right. Which is you have to prospect on a daily basis. You have to have conversations, you have to do the actions. And, and so many times yeah. I talk to people that are like, Oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm struggling. I need this. I need that. And you're like, okay, well, how many cold emails did you send today? How many people did you call? How many posts did you put on social media? Like how many people did you DM on LinkedIn? How many people did you reach out to? Like all of these things like, Oh, well, uh, they don't have conversations yeah. with people. And it's like, how do you expect to grow your business? By not doing those things. I think we both have the sense coming from the same background. We have sort of the similar mindset there. Whereas to me, this is a numbers game, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, I would say probably 90, 95% of my business is here local to San Antonio. I'm licensed in like seven, eight states, but all I really focus on is here. Every other deal I get outside is all just people hearing about how awesome I am and wanting to work with me. I don't pursue any other agents, even if it's an hour up North in Austin. I have zero interest in going after those agents. Everything's here local in San Antonio. And so the big thing is just like you'd said, I honestly, when I jumped into it, rates were still two, 3%, right? Rates were still record low. People were fat and happy with refinances. I've done maybe two or three refinances. Everything else has been purchased. And so when I first moved to San Antonio, I had like three months, two, three months before rates started to start to climb up. And honestly, I wish that, rates would have stayed lower because those two, three months, it was like taking candy from a baby. There were so many top producing real estate agents that I was able to get out to lunch that their lender was doing so well with refinances, paid zero attention to them in the last 
six to 12 months. And so a lot of my top partners I work with now were scooped up during those first like six month period because people were just neglecting people. And so now, like you said, refinances are dead pretty much. Now it's all just purchase business. So now everybody's trying to go after these real estate agents. And so now it's really where the people that know how to market themselves and know how to be strategic about what they do are really going to excel. Because I mean, even today, so many of my agents and agents I'm trying to work with are like, oh, so many lenders just called me today. Guess what? I've never cold called an agent ever. I've never begged for business ever because it's all about how I'm able to structure and present myself and market myself. Because to sum everything up, if you can be a disruptor in your market and know how to market yourself and do so with being very consistent and staying top of mind and continually being in front of people, you will find success. That's pretty much how I've been able to achieve everything is because nobody is being louder than me. Nobody is being more active than me. Sure, people are outproducing me here still, but they're not doing the amount of work that I'm doing. And all of my business is coming from social media. Mm. I love that, man. That background, um, and we've talked about this before, but the background of marketing is such a powerful tool. And I truly believe that the skills that we develop as marketers and salespeople is something that can be applied to any industry, right? And, and it's something that I think loan officers need to take a really hard look at. Like, there's a local real estate agent down here that's a massive producer, but he also he has a little coaching program now as well but he's one of the top, probably one of the top five EXP teams in the nation, right? But he talks about it all the time on his social media. It's all about like, hey, you need to be able to stand out from everybody else. Like you need to create stronger language, stronger offers. You need to have risk reversals. You need to have that type of stuff. Otherwise you're gonna sound like everybody else. And I talk about this all the time to our clients as well. It's like, and even on this podcast is, every other loan officer out there is saying the same damn thing. They're all saying, I have good rates, I have good turn times, you know, I pick up the phone, I work on the weekends, like every single person is saying the same thing. Like what actually makes you different from everybody else, right? Like, I mean, who cares about that stuff? Because that's just the requisite for you to keep the business that you have. That's not gonna get you new business, it's not gonna get your foot in the door with, with someone else because that sounds like everybody else. Now, if you're doing that for your current people and you know they like you, you're probably gonna retain them. But what if someone else comes along that also does all of those things, but also can give you back business or also can teach you how to use social media or also can give you classes. So like, what is the value that you actually bring to them? Because anybody can yeah. close a loan. I'm sorry. Any loan officer that's been in the industry longer than, you know, five minutes can go close a loan. It's not rocket science. Like there's handbooks that you can read. There's underwriters that can help you. There's, you know, support. But I think the thing that really makes you stand out is like, I mean, what does make you stand out? What would you say for you? Like, what is kind of the way that you present yourself to real estate agents? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I've gone the approach of making it attraction-based marketing. So that's really the thing that I've done. Would cold calling agents help me? Probably. But do I need to do it? No, because what I'm doing is working and it's working extremely well and it's going to continue to work. So basically what I'm just doing is I found a niche, just like when I was selling leads, I found a niche that no one else was doing. And I'm saying I am the best at it. Now, what's funny is when I first got here, I'd closed maybe one, two VA loans. But when I got here, I immediately like, okay, this is a market I'm going to attack. 
that was what I was screaming from the rooftops to everyone I talked to. I'm the best VN loan officer here in San Antonio, even though I, I wasn't. But again, people didn't know that. All I did was I led with confidence in every at bat that I got. I hit it out of the park because that is another thing too. It's not about just closing the deal. If I don't impress the hell out of everyone, it was not a good transaction for me because there's a buyer's agent, which most of the times I know and work with, I still need to impress them and show them why they're working with the best lender in Texas. And then the listing agent, that's a whole new opportunity for me to impress someone new. And that's something that I over communicate. I oversell. I am overly confident. And I really just try to blow the socks off of them because guess what? When this closes, who do you think they're going to call? I would say probably 30 to 40% of my agents that I work with now all started out as a listing agent on the other end of a deal. And that was because when we were making the offer, I called them. I was like, look, this is going to be the smoothest transaction of your life. X, Y, and Z is already done. X, Y, Z is all I need to do. And this, you're going to have amazing communication from me and my team. And I'm going to make you look like a rock star to your seller. That's going to get you more referrals. That's all I care about is making you look better. And so just, again, talking yourself up, but you can only talk yourself up for so long if you don't actually deliver. Then you start to look like a fool. And yeah, so yeah. obviously now it's about, yeah. So coming in, talking all this, now it's about executing every single time and over delivering to every single party involved is just really how your word spreads. So, I mean, the nice thing is, is I'm starting to see now is like agents refer me to other agents. People talk. And so it's like when I get a four day clear to close on an FHA loan, most agents have never closed a loan that fast. They've never sure. seen anything like that. They're going to go like, geez, like this Tyler dude on the buyer side just got this clear to close in like four days. I don't know what the heck he did. People talk about that kind of stuff. And so yep. for me, it's just about making sure I impress the hell out of everyone in the transaction, no matter who they are, because that's an opportunity for my business to grow. Yeah, well, and it's funny because it's something we talk about all the time too is when we're talking about leads even, you have multiple opportunities to get referrals, right? You have a lead that you could close, right? So you got that one person, you can get a referral back from the consumer. If they have a buyer's agent already, all right, now that's an opportunity to have a conversation with someone. And then you have the listing agent. And that's something that I think people overlook far too much. It's like, why would you not build a relationship? This is like the perfect opportunity to have a non-cringy way of talking to someone like without having to say, hey, you want to go to coffee? It's like, hey, like we just killed it on that transaction, man. Like we'd love to chat more about how we can, you know, get to know each other or whatever. Like just be a little bit more like, hey, we crushed that deal for you. Like we'd love to, we'd yeah. love to like, you know, learn a little bit more about you. And so um, to, to add on to that, like what I do is every single transaction. So yesterday I had uh, two closings yesterday, I think it was. And what happened is as soon as I got back from closings, guess what I did? I called both of the listing agents and I said, hey, you are fantastic to work with. Obviously, I'm not going to lie if they were terrible, but both of those were actually really good. So I called them. I was like, look, you did an amazing job on this. You made my life super easy. You were communicative when I needed you to. Hopefully, I made your life easy too. Just want to let you know I'm always here if you want your buyers to have the same experience. And I promise it'll be the same repeatable experience for everyone every single time. And again, almost all of them say, okay, I'm saving your number. And like I said, a good majority of them end up calling me back and referring me business because of that. So it's, yes, it's a slept on method that a lot of people don't really focus too much on because it's not a cold call. 
It's actually, hey, we're working together now. So to give you an right. idea, yesterday, right. last night, I just took over a contract, beat out USAA, and just won this contract. I saw the listing agent was one of the top agents in San Antonio. I know who she has been. I've been friends with her on Facebook for over a year, but I've sent her like supportive messages on cool stuff I see and everything, but we've never talked. I've never solicited her for business. But as soon as I saw her name on there, I shot her a voice clip on Facebook. Hey, guess what? We're finally going to be working together. I'm going to get everything rocking and rolling here. This is going to be nice, quick, and easy for you. Fasten your seatbelt. I'm about to blow your socks off. And just, again, setting that bar super high because I know, okay, this one, the top agents in the city, if I do good for her and she sees it, that's probably going to mean a lot more business for me in the future. So listing agents are a great avenue to continue to grow. And even if they don't do buyer sides, because obviously as a loan officer, you want buyer sides, but even if they don't do buyer sides, like it's an opportunity for them to refer you to someone who does do buyer sides, or maybe there's someone on their team that does the buyer sides, right? Like, you know, because a lot of times of listing agents, right, they're going to be probably running a team and they're going to have someone on their team that does the buying, right? They're going to be the ones that are doing the buyer side stuff. So it's like, because at the end of the day, if like you have the listing, you're going to attract the buyers and some of them are going to be not represented. And so, you know, you're going to want to make some money off of those. There's a big opportunity there. And I, I know sometimes people are like, well, I want the buy only the buyer side people. It's like, it's a very closed minded way of thinking because like people that are doing a lot of listings are going to have a lot of connections and they're going to know a lot of buyer side agents and getting into their good graces can't hurt. I like that you talked about this. Maybe we can talk a little bit about sort of the more tactical things that you're doing, because obviously you need to deliver on what you talk about. I do think that that's a huge piece of the puzzle. Talk big, but also deliver big. But I think that's a big piece that you know maybe you got from marketing as well, because I, I know one of my favorite books is Never Lose a Customer Again, talking about the whole entire transaction, right? What does every single piece of the process look like and actually documenting it and having a specific process and then over communicating is huge. But like, what is like a specific strategy that like you use to get in front of people on social media? I mean, because that's, I'll be honest, my first three years in business, I didn't run ads as a marketer. Now the last few years has been mostly ads, but the first couple of years was purely organic, same thing, right? So I, I like that you're yep. doing that. What are you doing to do that without DMing and cold calling? Because I never did cold calling or cold DMing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I mean, ultimately it just comes down to, Again, it's funny, I look back at this and shout out Bobby Stocks for um, teaching me this way. But when I had the marketing agency, that was one of the things, stir the pot, like mm, be yeah. controversial. That worked for me then. And when I came into town and started to do this, I was like, let me try this. And guess what? It started to work. So being disruptive is probably the biggest thing that you can do. So again, this is on Facebook. Is this on Instagram? Yeah, where, this, where, this, where's the kind of your main platform? Facebook is where like 90% of my business comes. I'm sure. dabbling, I'm using LinkedIn more and more now, but Facebook is where everything started. Facebook is where I get most of my stuff. I think it's all about who stays top of mind the most is going to get sure. that next shot because somebody's loan officer is going to screw up and some agent is going to be really pissed off. And guess what? Todd just messed up. I'm not going to call Todd. I'm, Tyler, I've, I've been seeing him a bunch of Tyler and he seems like he's been doing good. Let me give him a call. And of course, always answer your damn phone. That's one thing. We just brought on Todd Bitter to you mortgage too. And that's one thing he instilled on me ever since uh, I met him. But always answer your phone because you never know who's on the other end of it. But that's a big thing, just staying top of mind. And so for me, it's just consistently posting. I post all of my wins, my contracts, my clear to close, my fundings. 
I don't care if people get annoyed. And that's one thing. Again, what I do is not going to be for every personality type. Some people care way too much about people's opinion. I don't give a I don't care if you hate me. That's fine. I'll leave and let you be my friend on Facebook if you hate me. That's fine. Just make sure you engage with my stuff so the algorithm helps. Like, I I don't care. So for me, it's just as long as you're known and people know what you do, I think that's a really big part in it. So again, it's just constantly posting. Too many people think like, oh, I don't want to annoy my friends and family on Facebook. Screw that. Like if they don't want to see it, they can like unfollow you. They don't have to see your stuff. If they block you, so what? It doesn't matter. It's Facebook. So for me, I just lead with that mentality. Like screw it. Like I'm going to just be super, super obnoxious on Facebook. But again, it's not like I'm so obnoxious to where people see my stuff and don't like it. Like yesterday, I had like 60 likes and 20 something comments on my contract closing from yesterday. So it's like, I get engagement all the time on all my stuff. And it's usually always agents commenting on my posts. That's the big thing is just being seen. Too many people want to sit in the background and don't want to be up front. Whereas like, no, like just push your way through the crowd, get to the front. And that's probably the biggest thing for me anyway. What do they say? Closed mouths don't get fed, right? Yeah, uh, it's, 100%. It's about, I remember one of my buddies, I was posting a couple of times a day and my buddy's like, get louder, get louder. This is like early, you know, 2020 or whatever. He's like, I was like, man, I feel like I'm already posting enough. He's like, man, like it doesn't matter. And the truth is like, especially if you've maxed out your friends list or you have a, more than just a couple hundred people on your friends list, they're not going to see most of your posts. That's just the truth. Most of the people yep. on your list are not going to see most of your posts, right? So if you post three times a day, like the chances of the same person seeing all three posts in the same day is very, very, very low. You know, unless it's like one of the people that like highly follows you like super tight. Engages right? like on just, all your stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. then yeah. they might see all your posts. But then, that you know, if they're engaging on all your stuff, they like your content, they're not going to care. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, um, you know, it, it's like people aren't going to see every single post that you put out there. And so understanding that and how the algorithm works, right? Like maybe 10 to 30% of the content you put out there is going to be seen by your people. Probably not even that much, to be honest. And so that was one of the big things that I did three, four months ago is I was getting close to maxing out my friends, but I realized like, oh, geez, like this has been my friends list growing since I started Facebook. And so it was a bunch of internet marketing people. It was like people I had no idea, like, yeah, who the heck even are you? And so what I I did was... It was painful. I delete internet marketers all the time, man. (laughs) Yeah, it was painful. But I sat in front of my computer for three days, deleted 2,500 people that I had no idea who they were. Because what I did is I took my friends list from 4,000 something down to like 1,700. And what this did, though, is now it's a very targeted 1,700. Now it's probably like a third of my audience are now real estate agents, where before it was probably like a tenth. And so the probability of a real estate agent seeing my stuff is much, much higher. So that's what I really focus on is just trying to build up my audience with my target audience. I'm always going through and I'm always adding new real estate agents. I'm always going through groups, engaging in local real estate agent groups and all that kind of stuff. So that's been the big thing is just if you are like a disruptor, you post a ton, but you also have to have someone to post to. You can't post to your 150 family members and right. get business like that's not going to work like you need to fill up your audience with your target audience and so that's the other thing is just go through and i need to get better at it i was doing very well at it in the beginning but i i think just as obviously time allots itself what i used to do is i would go through and i'd add anywhere between 30 and 50 real estate agents every single day right. now again 
most of them probably won't accept and that's fine. You just go out every single month and clear out the requests and start again. So what if I send the same request to someone four times and they notice it? I don't care. Like they can block me if they want. But again, it's just about being persistent and consistent. It's funny because I haven't done like the adding thing, but I used to do that all the time, right? I'd, I'd add loan officers all the time. And I'll get random people that will like just randomly accept my thing. And I'm like, I don't remember ever inviting you. Like you left me on pending for like two years and you just added me. But it's funny because like someone will tag me in a post and I'll see like three or four people that will like accept my friend requests or they'll like add me based off of someone tagging me that like they're known in the industry or something like that. So it's interesting how that works, right? Like, you know, there's there's a ton of opportunity in the social media platform if you're just willing to get loud and you're willing to do the you work, c- right? You could, this may be bold, but 100%, if you were at $0, like zero loans a month, if all you did was sit on Facebook and actually be productive and not just scroll through the algorithm all day, but you actually try to be productive. You sat on Facebook, productive time for two, three hours a day. Within six months, you'd be at probably five to 10 deals a month, guaranteed. Like just if you're actually productive with your time. And I, that's I hard. Yeah. That's, it's hard to be that, productive when you're on social media. That's the problem, mm-hmm. right? Like it, yeah. it is hard. And it, that's the point of social <laughs> if media. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it though. So, well, it's just because it'll suck you down mm-hmm. that. It'll suck you into the hole of like unproductivity. You got to be careful. And it could also turn into burnout and could turn into anxiety and things like that. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's a massively underutilized tool by a lot of people. And there's also like, you know, reels and TikToks. I mean, I see people going viral and just, you know, getting tons of leads just by doing reels and TikToks, right? Like just staying up with the trends. But what you're doing is like the consistent way of like, all right, let's post. I know I can post every single day and I can post my wins every single day. You know, so one of the things that we learned way back in the day too was like, you know, the different types of proof, right? The proof of upward spiral is like a very solid form of social proof, right? Like if you can prove that you're doing well, people want to be attached to people that are doing well, right? And so like uh, realtors want to do that, right? Like, and so like, you just want to like, showcase what you're doing if you're going on a vacation if you are closing deals i wish i wish i mean I, maybe i should try it in this space like every time we close a client i'm going to start posting all right like oh we closed 30 oh, clients last month yeah oh, like it's 100 <laughs> see the nice thing about me not going after agents there is strategy there but it's not like i'm not sure. cold dming them hey let's go out to coffee like that doesn't right, really right, happen right. but like just today even just like an hour ago an agent messaged me i've never worked with her I know who she is. We've interacted before, but she just messaged like, hey, Tyler, like, I really, really want to work with you. And again, that's all because I post the same consistent results all the time. And it's just like, okay, because see, people don't want inconsistency. They want to have the same thing that they can go say, hey, if you connect with my lender, this is what's going to happen. Right. Because it's all about following through on and setting expectations. If you have inconsistent results, expectations are going to be very, very hard to meet. That's why with me, when I have that initial call with people, it's like, hey, this is expectations for this. And guess what? Almost every single time it hits right on the money with how it turns out. But again, that's just posting that. So that way people know like, okay, hey, if my lender doesn't answer the phone, I can call Tyler and I'm going to be okay. Like that's ultimately what it comes down to. I meant to say this earlier when you talked about answering the phone, but I have a very real example of what just happened to me yesterday. Our fridge has been like on the fritz for a little bit. And so I went on the website of the manufacturer. They recommended a company. So I called them. It went to voicemail. I said, we'll call you back in the order it was received. So I'm sitting here like, you know, waiting a couple minutes, like, oh, maybe they'll call me right back. Nope. So I just went and looked at another person, call them. They answered the phone. 
I set an appointment. The people call me back like two hours later. And I'm like, I answer the phone. I'm like, oh, sorry. I already set the appointment with someone else. And she's like, oh, okay. And like got off the phone. I was like, you're not even going to try to sell me. You're not even going to try to get my business. Like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. um, and that's the reality of what most people are doing, right? That's what most loan officers do. Most yep. real estate agents do like you're missing out on opportunity, but you're also missing out on opportunity. Maybe if you weren't first, like fight for yourself, man, fight for yourself. Yeah. Like you sell that person man. stop thinking that sales is a bad word. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like I was speaking to one agent, we we're out shooting guns at the range and I was talking to him about like how he does things. He's like, yeah, bro. It's like, I don't pressure anyone. Like I just, I'm here when they're ready. And I was like, Hmm. This is maybe why like you only do listings like because first time buyers need a little bit of pushiness and a little bit of sales. He refused to do any of that whatsoever. And so for me, it's just like, obviously you don't want to be like car salesman type pushy, but right. it's like, of course you, not. you need to be strategic with it. You got to understand how to influence people in the right way. Because I think sales can be a negative thing too, because sometimes when you understand the power of sales and human psychology, you can do it in a way that is not ethical. Right. And I don't think that's what, in my opinion, sales is finding the problem and providing a solution to their problem and convincing them why they should do it with you and do it now. Right. If that's the right fit for them. Right. If there's someone that needs to buy a home right now and they start to say stuff like, well, I need to wait for the market or I need to do this. I need to do that. Like you're the freaking expert. Tell them why that's a bad idea. Yeah. Right. Like that's dumb. Like don't let them make that decision. I'm educating them. I'm an advisor. I'm like, Yes, you are. You're all of those things, but you're also a damn salesperson and you're also the expert. Stop relying on someone that makes a transaction once every 11 years to, to make the decision for themselves. Like that's dumb. Like obviously don't put them in a bad situation, but like if there are people that are well-qualified and should be buying a home in this market, tell them why they should buy a home in this market right? Don't let them make bad decisions. Like, Hey, how many people are probably kicking themselves because they're like, Oh, I'm going to wait till rates come down. I'm going to wait till the inventory, whatever, right? Like now rates went way up, right? Like, I mean, and we've seen this time and time again, there was like one time in the last, whatever, you know, obviously if you bought in 2006 or seven, you might've been kind of screwed, but in like almost any other time in history, like there's not a bad time to buy real estate as long as you hold it long enough. And even then, even if you did buy in 2006 or seven, if you held it long enough, you most likely would have made your money back. So anyway, I know I just got on a soapbox of that, but it's just uh, something I see a lot. And typically the people that talk like that, well, you know, I'm not a salesperson, I'm an advisor. Like you can tell based off their production. Mm -hmm. Not everybody, but most of these people that talk like that, like you just tell based off their production why they're only closing a deal or two a month. Mm -hmm. Everybody at eMortgage, the full like openness, if they want to call me and I'll share my secrets with them. Like people call me all the time and tell me what they're doing. And I tell them, this is what I'm doing. There's a lot of lot of things that, I mean, but the big thing, man, it's just about too many people are afraid to try to use that. social media to grow their business. I will never understand it, but I came from internet marketing background. I'm not scared of social media, right. whereas a lot of people are. Well, and I'll say this. I mean, I don't know if you were a big social media user before you got into the space, but it forced me to get into this. space. I used to be one of those ghosters, the same thing. I wouldn't post. I wouldn't do anything. I just kind of get on there and I'd like scroll, but I wouldn't like interact or post for the most part. Whereas like, you know, getting into this space actually forced me to be out there and to communicate and to, to use the platform for what it's useful for. But like, so what are some of the ways, like, obviously you talk about the organic stuff as well. Are you specifically targeting specific real estate agents in your market? Like, are you 
engaging with them? What's that kind of look like? Yeah. So, I mean, I have like a dream 100 type list of agents like, okay, these are producers, but again, everything is very strategic to me. This is not like, oh, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to steal their business next week. Like, no, this is a slow burn. This is going to take time because a lot of these people have been doing this five, 10 years and they have their relationships. And if they're doing that well, they probably have good relationships with whoever they have. So, I mean, there's different ways to go about it. Like to me, the best agents that I mesh with the best and I'm able to obtain as partners quicker are people that are like one to three years in the business where they don't have the most experience with their lender they've used for 10 years. Now, granted, maybe they're not producing as much because ideally for me, if an agent's going to do five to 10 like buy sides a year, that's perfect for me because guess what? I'm going to go try to find 20, 30 of those people. Right. And then now I'm doing 100 plus loans a year. And so there's different strategies about it. Heavy hitters, it's more of a long-term play for me. And I do plan to, again, like I said, the listing agent I just got last night, she is like one of the top five real estate agents out of 18,000 here in San Antonio. I'm taking this opportunity very, very seriously to impress the hell out of her. It's the first time she's going to see what I can do. Sure. However, it's not like I'm calling her up. Hey, let's get coffee. She would block me. Like if I tried to do something. Oh, for sure. For sure. And so, yeah. And and people in the industry that are top producers, like the truth is like, they probably have had long-term solid relationships with solid people and the likelihood of them leaving for any reason is fairly low, right? Like, I feel like the only way you could maybe get a foot in the door would be like, if you could start to give them transactions, you could almost guarantee it. But like, again, like, that's a good way to get your foot in the door with a lot of people, but I still feel like, you know, to a certain extent, they're going to be a little harder to work with just because they have their deep seated relationships. And, and we talk about that all the time too. It's like, stop neglecting those people. Like, cause those people yeah. that maybe are a year or two in the business, like they might be the next superstars. They might be that next high producing person. Like, exactly. yes, like you're probably going to have to kiss some frogs, but still, regardless, if they're giving you one or two deals, who cares? They're still yeah. giving you one or two deals that you didn't have to go, you know, find yourself. Exactly. So, so my average loan amounts like 350 here, which is a little bit above the city average. Sure. But I mean, there's so many agents that'll be like, oh, this lender turned down this $200,000 client. Like, I don't care. Like $150,000, i will work with them. It's fine. Like, I don't discriminate against 50000 bro. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you're not going to find that much here. But yeah, I mean, yeah if, but- if it ever happens, yeah, I'll do it. Because again, it's just about just showing that you're willing to do what it's needed to. And so many of the newer agents I work with, like you said, they're becoming very, very good. I like to think that it's also them partnering with me is making them better because it's a teamwork and I'm yeah. really damn good at what I do. And so when they partner with me, they're going to get a lot better at what they do. But a lot the of fire the, too. Mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. And with the newer agents I worked with a year ago, guess what? Now a lot of them are doing better than they were. I like the smaller agents personally, just because again, Hey, even if only one out of 10 of them become like really heavy hitters, guess what? Now you have a heavy hitter that you didn't really have to sign like $10,000 MSAs with and shit like that. Right. I think there's a lot of power to that. But like you said, I mean, like if they're still in the business now and they came in like a year ago, like that means they're probably going to be semi rock star because the truth is like, if you're still in this business, there's a lot of people that have been in the business for a while that are leaving the business. I mean, I think I heard something like 35% of loan officers didn't renew their license for 2023. Right. And so 
the new guys, anybody who's coming into the market right now, like they could be that next rock star because they are forged in fire, man. Like pressure creates diamonds. And the, the harder it is when you start, I feel like if you succeed, the better you're going to be. That's why I'm like so happy that I jumped in at the time I did because last year I saw so many people struggle. But yeah. it, for me, it was like, this is a challenge. Because now I have to get really, really damn good at getting offers accepted. Okay, we have 15 offers on the table. What do I have to do to make mine the best? And so I'm honestly really, really happy that that happened. Because guess what? After a while, I started not losing. Like even last summer when it's almost 10, 15 offers every single transaction, I would tell people, we're not going to go past two offers. Like I'm winning you the first or the second. I don't accept defeat because I have this down pat. So I'm, I'm kind of glad things turned out the way they did because it only made me better as a loan officer and, and sure. as a technician of getting offers accepted. And again, now it's just like once the market turns back around, once refis start to come in, I mean, right now I'm on pace for like 30, 40 million this year, but it's like once refis come back and my purchase business continues to grow, like I said, in 12 months, I fully expect to be doing close to 10 million a month just because of how the market's going to go. And that's all because I jumped in at the right time and I stuck through it and I worked hard and I was strategic about how I was able to go about obtaining business and disrupting my market. So, yeah, it's not rocket science, but uh, at the same time, like I said, the average person, the average loan officer, first of all, if they came into the industry anytime in the last 10, 12 years, really since like what, 2011 or so, it's been easy for the most part. It's been easy. It's been good rate market. So refis were around pretty much the whole time, right? Like maybe not at the level they were in 20 and 21, but you know, it's a little easier to justify getting a cash out refi when you're going up 1%. It's not that easy to justify getting a cash out refi when you're going from 2.75 to 5.75, right? Like now yep. you're jumping 3% and your interest rate payments are all of a sudden like way higher. So those are like almost completely gone. Yeah, sure. There's some people that still need to do them, but the truth is like, it's been harder than it probably has been in a long time. Applications that are at our historic lows. And then, you know, we obviously came off of two years of historic highs. And I do believe that the people that make it through this time are going to be primed to crush it. Right. And I think that's also creating the strength and the resourcefulness. And there's just a lot, there's been a lot of things that have been thrown at the market and the industry over the last, you know, 12 months, obviously the previous 12 months, there was other things that were thrown at it, but at the very least you were drowning in money. So like, it didn't really matter how, how bad it was. Like, you know, if you're struggling with stuff and you're not getting as much money, it's like, it's hard and people kind of got used to it. And I think people expanded their expenses and, you know, it just, it makes it hard to, to continue to, to move on uh, without without that same production. So I, I don't know where I was going with that, but just really understanding that this market is going to create stronger loan officers if you're just willing to make it through it. Yeah. And, you know, if it's anything break even for the next, you know, six, 12 months, and then, you know, you're, you're going to be primed to crush it as we mm-hmm. come into a regular market. Yeah. And so many people are trying to make excuses when it's like, dude, the only excuse is you not working hard or smart. Like those are the only two things that matter. If you can do both of those, if I could do what I'm doing now, anyone can do it. Like that's whatever that saying is about the sharpest, whatever, like that. I'm I'm not not the the smartest person, but I just, yeah, exactly. Like, but don't let anyone outwork me. And I'm very strategic. So, I mean, anybody that's struggling, just know, like you could turn it around. This isn't forever. This isn't 
how it's going to be. The market isn't going to be like this forever, but you can dictate how you go about it. You can either like sulk in your tears or you can say, you know what? I'm not going to accept this reality. I'm going to make my own reality and just go out mm-hmm. and crush it. Yep. And that's what it comes down to is putting in the work, doing the actions that you know. I mean, because the truth is like, we all know what we need to do. Everybody knows they need to take more action. They need to post more videos. They need to record more videos. They need to, you know, run ads. They need to call people. They know the thing, right? They know the thing that's going to make the most leverage for them, but they just don't do it. They avoid doing the work, the scary work, right? And so they dive into stuff that makes them feel like they're working, they're busy work. I'm sure you felt the same way when you first started your agency, like building the freaking website and like, you know, messing around. Oh, what CRM am I going to use? Like, crap like that when it's like, all I need to go do is talk to more people. How many cold emails am I sending? How many people am I talking to on the phone? Like how many posts am I putting on social media? How many people did I DM? Like those are the strategies that work to get you business. I think that most people want to rely on hope marketing. They want to hope that people are going to find them because they're good at what they do. It's like, sure. Like you might be the best loan officer in the world, but if no one knows who you are, it doesn't matter. Um, So I love that. Like, you know, one of the things that you do is you use social media to your advantage to use that as a business platform and to grow. So, and I'm not um, perfect either. It's like, sure. There's so much more I could do. Like I don't utilize TikTok. I don't utilize Instagram. I mean, Instagram auto posts from Facebook, which kind of cheating. So it doesn't really do what it's needed to, but there's so much more that can be done. But again, it's slowly working towards that. slowly adding stuff into the routine and finding out what works and just capitalizing. And my biggest thing, and I'm talking about this, We do company meetings every day. I'm talking about this on Tuesday. It's about just taking massive, imperfect action. It does not need to be perfect. It does not need to be fully calculated. It does not need to be pretty. Just do it every single day. That's all it takes. Yeah, that's all it comes down to, right? And I think I'm ADHD. And so um, I've always operated on that, like ready, fire, aim. You know, just go, like, don't worry about it. And it's interesting. I think a lot of loan officers do kind of fall into, they're kind of very analytical because they're running numbers, a lot kind of stuff. And maybe they're more of like the ready aim fire, right? They're just like, so like the, everything needs to be perfect, but it doesn't, it doesn't need to be perfect because a lot of times perfect is the enemy of done. And one of our core values at our business is continual pursuit of perfection. It's not that we're ever going to be perfect, but it's that we're going to continue to get better every single day. Get better Um, every day. Yes. And that's really what it comes down to, right? It's like, you're getting better. Like it doesn't matter, right? If you post right now, it might suck. Your post might suck right now. Who cares? Because no one's going to see it. If you're not doing it right now, you probably have 300 or 400 people on your friends list. First thing you need to start doing, adding, you know, talk about 30 to 50 people a day, actually doing that, you know, posting stuff on there, liking their comments. So Maybe I'm taking your thunder here, but if you were to go out there today and start over, or if you were to give a loan officer advice on how to go out there and get business today, like what is your suggestion? What would you say is kind of like the road you would take? First things first is you need to find what you're passionate about. I could go on and on for hours about veterans being screwed over by predatory lenders. Like it gets my blood boiling every time I even think about it. You Mm -hmm. need to find something you're passionate about. Otherwise, like I feel no burnout. I put in 12, 14 hour days, almost seven days a week. I feel zero burnout. Yes, I relax and I take time and chill. But if I did not have a true passion to serve like I'm doing, it would be a lot harder. So that's probably the very first thing, because it doesn't matter if you work hard, work smart. If you're not on a mission, you're eventually going to get burnt out. 
And that's what, I mean, you saw a lot of people do that during the refi boom is they absolutely hated their lives for two years. And now they're doing nothing because they made million plus dollars, but they worked themselves to death. Now, if if you're on a mission and you are truly passionate about what you do, everything will fall into line. People will see that passion and will want to work with that. People who have a similar passion as you will want to work with you. That's why a lot of my agents are military. Because with me, about 60% of military, that's mostly what I do. So most of the agents are former military. They align with my missions. They align with my goals. They align with my passion. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's probably the biggest thing outside of working harder and smarter is just find what you really love. Because otherwise it's all for, I mean, I wouldn't say all for nothing, but it makes it a lot harder. Yeah, I'll I'll talk on that, man. I uh, You said during the refit, I mean, I had the same thing with even my business, right? Like... You know, there's these arbitrary numbers that everybody throws out there, especially in the internet marketing space about like how much you should be making on a monthly basis and stuff like that. Right. So I like was like, I want to hit my business needs to hit these revenue numbers. And I got to those numbers and I was miserable. I hated my life. I hated my business. I was doing things out of ego instead of out of like the sheer joy. I realized that a lot of the things that I liked doing, I thought I was supposed to delegate those off, right? Like coaching and doing some of that stuff and like, you know, being involved in the day to day and things like that. Like, Yes, I need to delegate some of the things that I do, but I would try to over delegate. And so I burnt out very hard because again, it was like, I was doing it for the wrong reasons. It's funny that the, literally the last podcast right before this, we talked a lot about core values and things like that. It's interesting that it came up again, kind of a similar thing. It's like, what is it that you're doing this for? Because if you don't know what you're doing this for, it, it becomes very hard to do the grind long-term. Yeah, sure. Like, you know, the money, once the money starts to hit, like it's great, but then you kind of get that burnout because like, what's it for if you're miserable? Yeah. Exactly. Any sort of uh, parting thoughts of wisdom that you have for the audience? Anything that you want to leave our our listeners with? I mean, we chatted for over an hour, so hopefully they got some good stuff. Um, (laughs) So no, I I, I pretty much covered everything I usually think I can do. I think we had a good episode. What I'll say from what I got from this was that you got to utilize social media a lot more. There's a very real power to it. And if you use it in a systematic way to showcase what you do and how you do it and show up as an expert in the space, you're going to reap the rewards, right? But you have to have an audience and you have to be consistent. So I know you post consistently, but you also have, you know, curated your audience. We talked about that. So those are some things that I'd say for any loan officer listening to this, like you can implement that today, right? Like it doesn't take having to buy some expensive coaching program or Uh, investing in leads or anything like that, right? It comes down to like doing the actual actions on a daily basis. So posting every day, talking about your wins, but also adding people, right? You can't post to 200 people and expect to have a a big business, right? Like you have to continue to grow the network of people that you talk to on a regular basis. So so that's my big takeaway is, like I said, I unfriended all those people and kind of put a pause on adding. I need to get back to it. Like I- Yeah, 1,700 people, man. mm -hmm, Yeah, but it's, uh, it's good. It's good to curate. I mean, that's good. I mean, it's good. You got an aha out of, out of this conversation, right? Like, but it's good, man. Like, I mean, it's something I need to do too, is I do this pretty regularly too. I'll go and I'll see someone's post and I'll be like, what is this? Who is this person? I'll like click on it. I'm like, I have no idea who they are. Unfriend, unfriend. Yep. Cause I'm getting up to like, I'm over. I, I use birthdays 4, now. right now. So like yeah, every birthdays single birthday, mm-hmm. every single day, I'll just look and see like, Oh, whose birthday is it? I don't know who the f- you are. Unfriend. Bye. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a one strategy. I, I haven't gotten around doing that consistently, but I will, if I'm scrolling Facebook and I see some, 
usually it's something that I'm like, what is this? Like, why is this on my throat? Like something I may not like or something that's just kind of like super like victim mentality. Like I'll like open it and be like, who is this person? And I'll take yeah. them off usually. But anyway, man, I appreciate you being on the show. Someone wants to connect with you, learn a little bit about more about maybe you, your team, whatever. What's a good place for them to connect with you? Yeah. So, I mean, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. My information is pretty readily available. Heck, even a phone call, I always answer my phone. So yeah, anybody feel free to, to reach out. Cool. And then for everybody who's listening, if you are interested in learning how we can help you flip the status quo on real estate agents, go to flipthestatusquo.com. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.